Well, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Monday night. And I'm being joined on contract extension deadline night. Wouldn't say it's exactly a holiday, but uh, it is for some people. Uh, joining me from the Naples, Florida area. I, I always say Naples, Florida area. Are you are you in? I Naples? am. I, I am in actually Naples. Yes, okay. I am in Naples, Florida. And it is funny that you mentioned holiday because I was looking back at my notes from last year from the rookie extension deadline, and it was right before Christmas last year because the season was about to start. So uh, it's a little deja vu, but it's on a Monday night, two weeks before Halloween. Uh, yeah, and so that's Bobby Marks, our front office insider, and just, I mean, we'll pretend Bobby's not here for a second. Bobby's ability to help us sound smart and be smart on ESPN, writing, talking on television is absolutely invaluable, and on a day like today, it's just like, I swear I was, he, he was on NBA Today, today. And like I was dealing with something and like I, I waited like 11 seconds for him to get off the air and then immediately called him because there was something going on I was chasing. So um, he's invaluable to us. Uh, so, Bobby, you have been tracking this class and talking about the billion dollar class. This is one of the biggest uh, free age or um, rookie classes ever. The class of 2018. Um 18 right 18 2018 yeah yeah can you put that in perspective um with just what this class ended up doing in the, yeah in the, in, in the in extensions yeah they set records i mean they did 11 extensions which is more than one more than the the rookie class from a year ago um they hit um 1.1 uh, 1 .1 billion in new contracts for rookie uh, rookie extensions um I'd written about him a couple months ago about how I thought this could be a billion dollar class. I was getting nervous over the weekend because we were like stuck on 912 million <laughs> and I had an article written and I had to go back. I had to change some things around. And um, yeah, I mean, the, um, the Landry Shamit deal, I think put him over at 1.1 million. We've got, you know, we started with Luca, you know, Trey young, Gildress Alexander, Michael Porter jr. Those are your max guys. Um, and then we saw a lot of compromises. Um, usually that's what happens with these extensions, whether it's Mikhail Bridges, guys like that. Um, but of course, there's that one big one that still uh, that still was out there that didn't get done. Yeah. So before we talk about that, I will say that while there were five max players, which is a lot, I don't know if it's a record. Maybe you would know. But um, so that's what helped get it to the billion. Um, I think the deals that have been done, I'll get your opinion on this. The deals that have been done over the last 48, 72 hours, the non-maxes, basically, I felt that they came in lower than expectations and skew team friendly. Um, I'll see if you agree with me on that. I would say that that's accurate. Um, I always say, Brian, that the non Max guys, the non um, Trey Young, the Lucas of the world, even we saw some negotiating in the Michael Porter Jr. contract. Like these are just so hard to do um, from an agent standpoint because, you know, it's an extension. It's not restricted free agency. The team's got a lot of um, leverage over you for right now until, of course, next offseason. A limited, probably more of a limited market next offseason with, um, 
four or five teams that have significant cap space, but we saw with the Lonzo ball sign and trade teams find other ways to get players. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at, um, you know, it's like the Mikhail bridges number. Um, there was a gap there for a while. Like I actually did not think that deal was going to get done um, because there was a significant gap that um, Phoenix had to make up compared to, um, you know, where his agent saw him, um, you know, probably a little bit north of $100 million, where Phoenix saw him probably a little bit in that OG Ananobi territory, which is $70, $72 million. So you kind of meet in the middle somewhere, which is, you know, it's, which is 90 million. It's a compromise, um, all guaranteed, no player options, right? That's the other thing. And, And I know you've talked about that a lot as far as Usually the, what happens is you get a, a player option on that back. And even if it's a max deal or one of these contracts, there's no new player options there. But at the end, he's still paid like a top 10 small forward next year. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, pretty, um, it's a pretty solid deal there. Okay, so let's talk about the big one that didn't get done and the big one that did get done, which is Jaron Jackson Jr. So we'll start with DeAndre Ayton. So his max that he could have gotten was the same max. The, the, basically, the... <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to one of the sides today. Ex, you know, in fact, I talked to both sides in this particular negotiation after it was over. And I talked one of the sides today referred to it as the Luca Max. The <laughs> Luca Max is where you get five years with an opt-out with an escalator, should you make all NBA, which Luca already had. And so his number kicked in immediately to 207 million. And we talked about this on the pod a few weeks ago, Bobby. While I wouldn't say that Aiton is a strong candidate for uh, uh, All-NBA, there do have to be three centers. And if things fell a certain way, he could sneak on to third-team All-NBA. Um, so that would have been something to truly negotiate in an extension. So the Luka Max is, was you know, what he came in looking for. Um, what he really wanted in the end was the... Uh, Trey Young Max, I guess you want to call it, yeah. which is five years, 172 million. That's the the number that Shea Gilgis Alexander got, 172. Um, the that's what his his expectation was. the The Suns were not willing to give him a five year contract. Now, this is really the heart of the matter here. At the end of the day, I don't feel like the Suns felt he was a max player, and you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., who we will talk about in a minute, he got four years, 105 million. So um, 26.2 million a year, give or take. And um, uh, so you, the, the, the max on a four year max is 133 million. So if you figure that Phoenix was probably picturing Aiton in between that 102 million, 105 million and at 33, 133 million. That's sort of the Delta that maybe Phoenix thought that Aiton was in. And Aiton really, from what I understand, really wasn't interested in negotiating that. He wanted um, that 172. And from what I am told, the Suns discussed uh, uh, offering a four-year max contract, which would have been the 133 or even willing to give him a three-year max, Bobby, um, with the concept being that that would guarantee him around $100 million, and he could come back to free agency when the television deal kicked in 
Um, although I don't think the television deal will be good. Well, maybe in four years it will be, but um, he might, the salary cap would be higher. It'd be a better time to negotiate. Um, but they never got any progress on that. Uh, it, it really Aiton wanted the five. Um, they weren't willing to go there. And at the end of the day, they didn't feel he was a max player. And so he, he didn't, didn't, didn't get it. He is discussed that he is not pleased about that. The Suns spent 130 some million dollars on, uh, Landry Shamit And, um, and as you mentioned before, Mikhail Bridges. So they were spending, you know, they spent quite a bit of money this off season. Um, they just didn't see him as a max Bobby. And, um, you talked about this. You do really informative videos on your Instagram. I encourage listeners to check those out. You described why you thought he'd be a max player. I wondered if you could explain that to our listeners here about why you felt more than just judging his actual skill set. Yeah, I, I and the one thing I mentioned and you, you touched on it a little bit was the TV money and what's going to happen. Eventually, we're going to get an infusion of, of new TV money. So if we think the eight and $29.7 million number next year is maybe a little bit of an overpay by year three, four, and five, it's going to be probably five or $6 million less than what the max contract is going to be for a player with his, uh, with his years of service here. And the one thing I said was that you have to be careful if you are Phoenix. And as you mentioned, it's, it's one thing that if, you know, if he, if they don't feel like he's a max player, that's, that's another thing. But the other thing is that you have to be careful not to overplay your hand when it comes to restricted, restricted free agency, because there's always going to be a team out there. And what you might be offering if you're Phoenix right now is going to be maybe less years from a team like San Antonio or maybe Charlotte next year. And then you're going to have a, a instead of having eight on a, on a four-year contract, you might have them on a three-year contract. We saw that with Gordon Hayward, right? Well, I guess it was eight years ago in, in, um, in, in Utah here, but is it eight years, Bobby? I think it has been. Yeah. I mean, he did spend right. three in Boston. Right. <laughs> yeah, if, is- if you can go out and sign an offer sheet, you can control the, how your contract is structured. Whereas if the team does your deal here, they can control how it's structured. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. And that's, you don't want to be, you know, you, you ba- once a team comes in with an offer sheet, you basically lose, you know, you don't have the leverage anymore. And I said, you know, the big thing for me was that, you know, the Chris Paul contract um, got them out of the luxury tax this year, right. Coming in at $14 million less than his number. They're getting, they're going to get $13 million in, in tax distribution. Um, between Chris's number and um, campaign's number two years from now, they basically have a get out of jail free card because both those are not fully guaranteed. So if it's going to be eight on a max and Booker on a max, um, you know, there's, there is that flexibility there. Um, you're, we're going to pay, you're going to be in the luxury tax next year with DeAndre on a $29 million contract or DeAndre on a 23 or 40, $24 million contract here. So I just thought it was more about buying into the future. And if, if Phoenix doesn't feel like he's a max guy, we play out this year. Big, the, my big, and you, I'm sure for you too, is going to be watch what happens within that locker, right? I think that's yeah. going to be the biggest thing as far as this, if, if now it turns into, uh, turns into a distraction. Well, this is where Monty Williams has to do his job here because so I think a couple of things about that. Um, I think what you just said is very interesting. 
Chris Paul opted out of 47 million. What was it? Yeah, I think it was 40. Was it 44? Maybe 40, 44. 44. Yeah. Okay. He took a reduction to 30 million by doing that. It, free, it, it took them out of luxury tax. And so they will now get everybody else's though, the full share of the luxury tax. Everybody else pays. So that move, we don't exactly know what it is, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 to $30 million that Chris Paul move created an actual real cash for the Suns to spend this year. Um, and, you know, they, if they had, you know, Aiton isn't on the books this year. If you signed him to this contract, he'd be on the books next year, but it's still $30 million in, in, uh, in capital. So um, that's why I think you were saying you should have deployed that. Although obviously they have Chris Paul on the books for 30 million next year that they wouldn't have if they paid him for this year. But um, anyway, uh, that's a factor. The other thing I think that is, that is a, a thing here is that, there isn't really going to be a lot of teams with salary cap space next summer. And I think this did play into the deals that got offered and didn't get offered in this round. So Oklahoma city is going to have right now. I mean, who knows what they're going to do between now and next year, they're going to have a ton of space, but after that, Bobby, I'm not sure anybody is going to have 30, at least today. I mean, teams could maneuver teams aren't going to have that cap space to come to Aiton at $30 million. No, it's, it's, it's limited. I mean, you're looking at San Antonio likely um, Orlando, but they just signed, you know, Wendell Carter to that four year, 50 million. They've got Mo Bamba. Where does he fit in there? Um, Detroit is a, you know, a team potentially that can have room. I mean, they have, they're excited about Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I mean Charlotte potentially, but you'd they'd have to make like four different transactions, including not bringing back Miles Bridges, who didn't get an extension. Um, so it's it's and, and the cap ha- is going to go up, you know, from one twelve to one nineteen. So we do see a little bit of a number, but as I said, like there's way to create their cap space for maybe guys like Lamelo Ball, who's making eighteen nineteen million dollars, but creating cap space to make to give an offer sheet on for $29, $30 million does, you know, present, you know, probably more of a, of a challenge. I think it would have been interesting for me was, and I thought the one port Michael Porter jr. Signed that extension in late September. I thought that was kind of a little bit of a boy, uh, a template for some of these teams that maybe were a little bit hesitant on max guys where maybe if, if you were eight and you explore, or maybe if you were Phoenix, you explore doing something creative in that 50 year, you know, as far as, with some all-star all NBA uh, getting to the NBA finals here, but there was no deal to be made. And um, now we, we, we go into the season with um, it'll be interesting as far as what his temperament is, is going to be during the year. Yeah. I'll just say, having talked to both sides today after it was over, I would not say this was close. <laughs> no, I, it was so far away that I actually had him written and I wasn't even concerned yeah. about me deleting it. The other yeah. thing too, Brian with Phoenix is, you know, the Landry Shamit deal came in at, you know, four years, 43 million, but you know, years three, year three isn't guaranteed and year four is a team option. So there's the potential that that whatever 10, $11 million will come off the books. And that could have, you know, we'll see what happens with eight for next year, but that's, you know, a number that um, they do have flexibility as far as, you know, cut and bait with that. I do think, you know, one thing I should mention, and you can decide Bobby, how much value you give this. 
But one of the reasons that Phoenix was not wanting to give a five-year uh, contract is that that would have made Aiton a designated yeah. player. They already have, and they already have Devin Booker. They already have Devin Booker. So you can have two, but you can't have three. Correct. And so that would mean that if a player who was a designated player elsewhere, for example, Ben Simmons, I'm not saying that's where it would happen, but I'm just saying like if, if they had signed eight into this contract, they wouldn't have been able to trade for a guy like Ben Simmons. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, I mean, and you know, an all NBA type guy. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a handful of them. There's not as many as you know, like right. Jamal Murray, for example. You know, yeah. like so, like like Denver. Denver has three of them, as you know, Brian. And but Jokic is not an extension. He was just a regular contract. So they're right. allowed to have Porter Jr. and Murray as those designated players. And um, but yeah, that's that eliminates. It was basically it was almost like we were when. Um, was it was it uh Kyrie and was it yes back in the remember when the AD was in play and they couldn't make go acquire him because they already had two um you know two guys in, in that nature yeah so look I don't I'm not saying that was a driving factor I think at the end of the day Phoenix is just like this is not a guy we want to pay 172 million we want to pay him a hundred million want to pay him I don't know 115 million I don't, I don't know I don't know that number was ever offered I'm just saying something in between 100 and 130 they just but that was another topic that was uh you know explained to me that i actually hadn't previously considered and i think it deserves to be in the forum so there you go uh so on jaron jackson now we're talking about a guy who had a moderate knee injury in a meniscus tear bobby but it really knocked him out for a long time and really seemed to affect him and so as the grizzlies are signing this extension they are worried about that knee so um, they did, you know, they did guarantee him a bunch of money here, but how did they structure this contract to try to give them protection? And also they did this deal thinking about John Morant's money. It looks to me. Well, the big thing was that, you know, as you mentioned about his injuries, he's has missed 75 games since the Orlando bubble with the left knee, um, came back towards the end of the year. It's interesting what they were able to do. They started it high. It's close to the max, which for next year is that 29.7 number. And it's, it's right at 28.9. And then they actually decrease it. You can decrease the contract 8%. 
The last year, which is 2025-26, is 23-4. The year that, um, you know, that jaw would come into play, it keeps on going down. It's at 27.1. So it's a declining contract, similar to what uh, Orlando did with Wendell Carter Jr. What they did was, to give them some protection, though, is they put a what they call is an Exhibit 3, a prior injury exclusion. So let's say if he has a devastating knee injury, uh, left to the same knee to that same knee. They have to designate, you have to designate a body part. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. These contracts. I never, I never really see a, a team really, in, you know, take advantage of that before, but I think it's just good. It's good to tell your owner that you have something like that there. I understand. So if he has a, you know, a, a devastating knee injury, it protects them on that, that last year, that $23.4 million, but yeah, four years, hundred and $5 million um, has had a really good preseason, um, you know, for them. And um, they've done a quietly a nice job as far as with that roster, but it's another, you know, t- you know we, we can talk about it at length, but like what's the next step for that group there. But um, I thought it's a pretty solid contract to get some, uh, you know, some protection on that fourth year. So Kevin Herter, um, <clears throat> This deal came in lower. There was a pretty good feel in the NBA this was going to get done. In fact, at the start of the day today, if you'd asked me which deal I thought for sure was going to get done, I think I was saying Herder. Um, there was a pretty good word out there that was going to get done. But Bobby it came in four and sixty-four, which is a very good number, but lower than I kind of thought. I mean, he is a he's a starter quality player, but he does play off the bench for them. Um he had a, a good uh, second half of last season, especially has desire in the marketplace. And I'm going to tell you, I know, you know, people who listen to this podcast know that I decide how good a con or sometimes the way you can judge a contract is, can you trade it? Um, this is a contract they could trade right now, although you can't trade him. Well, you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. right Okay. Now. I'm going to rewind. If you gave DeAndre in five years $172.5 million, you think you could trade him? Boy, he plays both ends of the court, can switch out, has never been hurt. Good guy in the locker room. There's a lot to like about him, Bobby. Okay. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think? I think you could trade him. Yeah, I think you probably, if he has another, because, you know, if you sign a guy, you can't really trade him. Yeah, yeah, next year. Um, but if he had another year that was equal to the way he finished last year, you could absolutely trade him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and I think Herders, as soon as I saw Herders' contract, I was like, oh man. Like, I'm not saying that that's what Travis Schlank was doing, but <laughs> that is a tradable contract. And in a year when they're when they're on the hook for some money or they're looking to upgrades. I think Atlanta is good, not great. Um, I could see packaging him and Danilo Gallinari, packaging him and DeAndre Hunter. Um, this was a contract that is going to be movable, Bobby. I don't know how you felt about it. But yeah. I just, it starts at only 14 and yeah, a half million. Yeah, and it goes up. It's a typical 8% raises. The last year is almost $18 million here. I think... I think the, the concern a little bit from Herter's camp was you've got uh, DeAndre Hunter back. You've got Cam Reddish back. Um, you know, where are, are your minutes going to be the same as they were at the end of last year? 
especially in a walk year, you've got 64, $65 million in front of you. Was it worth pushing the, the, you know, the button to get to 72, $73 million and, you know, and, and wait until, or wait until free agency there, but it's a solid contract. It really is. I mean, 14 and a half million dollars. He's a good player. And I do think he'll play and have a really good role. And that is, um, if the, as a, as a movable contract comes that that's, that's right up there. And then Grayson Allen signed, um, with the, uh, with the bucks, the bucks have done some, 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 I mean, you know, they've, you know, they've stubbed their toe. They, uh, got, you know, they lost a player because of a tampering charge. I don't want to make it sound like it's been a merry-go-round, but the bucks have done some good minor deals. I thought that, I thought getting Grayson Allen for basically a second round pick, right? Wasn't it? Um, yeah, they moved uh, Sam Merrill, I think, right? I mean, they um, one of Memphis's many and a second round pick. They had to send out many one of Memphis's many uh, trades this offseason, and they want to. You know, Milwaukee is a team that you know not shy as far as um, paying into into the luxury tax, and they get Grayson Allen. Interesting. Brian with him, it, it's a, you know, um, you know, reported at two years, 20 comes in at, you know, about eight and a half a year. It's got a bunch of bonuses in here um, for games played um, games played, reaching the NBA finals games played, winning the championship about one point, you know, 3 million per in, in, in bonuses there. It's a, it's below the mid level, which is going to be at 10. Yeah, but his base yeah. salary is eight, five, 8.5 yep. million flat, no raises. Uh, again, now Grayson Allen has played for three teams in three years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Grayson Allen could get traded on this contract, <laughs> lickety well, split. And he like, could, you know, it's funny. Like we, I always say that. You know, the, I don't want to go into um, and bore the listeners, but you know, um, so rookie extensions don't have a, a six month restriction or a year restriction. You know, they have what we call poison pill restriction, basically the average of the contract. I've never seen a poison pill restriction get traded before because if, if it's, it's an imbalance basically of the number, like this is a, this is a contract that could, could, that could get traded with the poison pill restriction. I don't think it will, but I'm just no, saying, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a good value contract. If he can, be a halfway decent three and D guy, even if he's not even that much of a D, even if he just shoots threes, it's a good number. I know it's only for two years, but um, I would tell Grayson, he probably already knows uh, you're probably going to have a long career, but I would rent. <laughs> yes, I would rent. Um, but this is a good job by Milwaukee of, of uh, creating, a, you know, locking down a player and creating an asset. I mean, I hate to say that Bobby, but what are you supposed to do? That's the way these teams look at this. And also Grayson, you know, knows that no matter what, he's going to have $17 million in his pocket. Well, and- that's the thing, Brian. I mean, these guys are on rookie. I mean, you know, for NBA world, they're on rookie scale contracts. You know, he's a, what was he like the 21st pick in the draft. He probably made in the four years, what he just got in this, this new contract coming up. And it's like, 
know, when someone gives you 18, $20 million guaranteed, it, it's, it's really hard to turn down. So there was another deal today. So looks like Harden, I mean, we're recording this in the evening. It looks like Harden is not extending. I don't think that's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon um, added two years and 45 million to his contract. Um, so this is an extremely value contract, you know, kind of slid in there with all these other deals. Bobby, he is taking almost a, for his terms of average salary, it's almost a negligible raise. I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's not that much of a jump at all. He's basically, he's making 21.7 million next year, 22.6 million. That's what he was contracted at. Okay. And then he's adding two more years onto it at a slight pay cut, 22.5 and 22.5 flat, no incentives, um, I think this is kind of a no brainer for, for, well, for Indiana for point guards. I mean, point guards, you know, you know, you look at top, you know, salaries of point guards. I mean, you're North of, you know, in the high twenties, thirties, some guys, you know, certainly in the forties here, Brogdon was interesting because he was one of, I think 20 players that had to be extended by, you know, 1159 uh, Monday night. Um, because he had two years left on his contract. The other interesting thing, and I, and I tweeted about it, is that now he comes off the board. He can't be traded because yeah. when you extend a player and you add based on you have to take the, what they have left on their contract and what they have in an extension, if it exceeds three years or if there's a more than 5% increase, then they have a six-month restriction here. So he comes off the table for – if we ever see a Ben Simmons trade down the road, right. he is, you know, he's not, av not available here, but I think for Indiana's perspective, 22 and a half million dollars for a quality starting point guard is a really good deal. Well, Kevin Pritchard, he knows he's not going to be a free agent destination and he's careful like this. He likes to extend guys, likes to trade for guys who have years on his contract. This is a, a, a move that falls in line with what he's done. Um, you know, he, you know, Indiana definitely had slash has interest in Ben Simmons. And if there was a deal to be made before this deadline, it was probably going to involve Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, it doesn't mean that there are other ways they can structure deals. They have a number of high salaries or mid-range salaries on their roster, whether it's Sabonis, um, uh, whether it's Karis Levert, um, you know, they have other directions they can go. Uh, but it made sense that Brogdon would be in that trade. And so uh, Indiana owns all of their picks. Um, so they could incentivize a pick in addition to a player. And Philly obviously was not interested in a Brogdon deal because they knew that if it got to this point um, that, uh, that they could, they couldn't do it. So I, I wouldn't say the door on this totally closed, as you say, but I would say Indiana's window to make a Simmons deal happen. Probably the sun set a little bit on it. And um I think it's probably more because uh, Philadelphia has higher aspirations than a Malcolm Brogdon package. But well, I'll tell you what: if Ben Simmons keeps on coming to practice in sweatpants and a cell phone in his pocket, you know the, the asking <laughs> price, the asking price might be TJ Warren, TJ McConnell, and a future one. <laughs> <laughs> they love TJ McConnell in, in Philly. They'll cheer him.
Um, all right, let's talk about some of the uh, deals that didn't get done. We already talked about uh, DeAndre Ayton um, and, uh, you know, 11 guys in this draft, you know, got done. 11 guys who were first round picks in this draft got done. So uh, that's a high number. Uh, a guy who didn't was Colin Sexton from the Cavs, who was the eighth pick. Um, this is a polarizing player because he puts up excellent numbers, has shot the ball, Bobby, very well in an era where people prize, um, you know, three-point shooting. I mean, he, he sniffed around at 50-40-90. He wasn't there, but he was sniffing around it. You know, the Cavs don't have a, a ton going for him. They gave Jared Allen, um, who, I mean, is calling Jared Allen a role player unfair? I mean, I, no, that's fair. I mean, he's yeah. not your, you know, he's a, he's not a, probably a top starter on your team. He's, a, he's probably a solid starter. You know, he's not your number one, number two guy, but you just paid him, you know, a hundred million and you paid Laurie Markin in what, 78 million to come right. off the bench. Right. Right. Um, so they set the the standard there for that. I mean, and, and Colin is not a role player. He is a, for them, he is their, their star, so to speak. I don't know if he's, a, this is where it gets polarizing. I'm not so sure he's a star player on a contender, but you know, um, and so, but you know, he's a little bit undersized, uh, a problem defensively. And Bobby, this is a, this was a tough one to negotiate. I don't know what the comparable number is, but if he's sitting there looking at his numbers and he's looking at Shea Gilgis Alexander numbers, he's looking at Trey Young's numbers, even looking at Luka Doncic's numbers, he's like, okay, I'm not maybe a max player, but I'm, I'm up there. And this was a tough one for the Cavs and uh, they have no deal. Well, even uh, De'Aaron Fox too, you know, I mean, you could throw that out from a year ago. I mean, the, you know, Fox, you know, got a max and was on a, a team that, you know, similar to what Sexton's gone through, rotating door of head coaches, lottery teams. It's funny, Brian, the teams you talk to, it's, as you said, he's polarizing, it's split. You know, there are some, you know, see him as this kind of this borderline all-star type player, you know, had a really, I thought, pretty good year last year. And then there's the doubters, undersized to guard, uh, 60 and 159 record. But, you know, he's had four head coaches in the time, you know, since he was Man, drafted and he was basically in post Le- and post yeah. LeBron. Right. I mean, his first yeah. year was post was post LeBron here. I, I actually I didn't think he was a max guy. I thought he was probably like a 22, 23 million dollar guy. Four years, 80 uh, potentially here. Um, you know, I you know, I, I'm surprised, but not surprised that there wasn't a deal done. Um you know, but he's he's a guy that you know we'll, we're going to circle as far as a trade candidate. I would think you know usually when these deals don't get done, we we have to circle him as a trade candidate um, to be moved sometime this this year because obviously you don't see yourself investing in him. I know you've got Darius Garland next year, and you as I mentioned, you've got 178 million that you committed to Allen and Markin, and you still got Kevin Love with at 60 million dollars. But you know if you could have you could have extended him and still been under the tax next year, um, you know, for that year. But um, we play another guy that we play, played out. And if, if they don't think they can build around him or if he's part of the future, then it's someone they probably should think about moving when we get closer to the deadline. Yeah. 48% from the overall 
37% from three, 82% from the line. So, okay. M- you know, maybe closer to 50, 40, 80, not 50, but you know, that, um, you know, those numbers, I can see why he's feeling that way. Um, again, if you're in Cleveland's shoes, while you certainly want to keep the player from being an issue during the season, you have to look out there and say, who of these teams that has cap space um, is going to make Colin Sexton an offer that exceeds what we're going to offer him now. And that gets to the heart of the issue. Um, And so uh, his value versus maybe what the Cavs think he could be in the market. um, There's just a Delta. Again, I'll use this term. This is what happens when you talk to agents and executives, they talk about the Delta. There's a Delta in there. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Now Sexton is, his nickname is young bull. And, you know, he is a guy who typically plays hard. So I don't expect there to be an issue, but you know, who knows what this will mean. Um, I want to also talk to you about miles bridges. You mentioned him in passing earlier. Um, he's been compared to Mikhail Bridges a lot. Yeah. He is he's a different player in that he's super athlete, not as good of a shooter, not as good of a defender, but has a lot going for him. And when he sees Mikhail Bridges get 90 million, uh, I don't know where he was at, but I'm sure that that was the baseline he was looking for. And I wonder how that affected the uh the talks, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, I think that would have probably have been his comp. I thought I saw a miles in that probably four years, 75 to $80 million. Um, the big question is how much of an impact did the Rogier extension ha- have, you know, Terry, you just signed that, that, uh, that, that big number in the off season. Yeah. You still have, you've got Hayward, um, you know, for uh, a couple more years. Um, you've got PJ Washington eventually coming up next year, as far as from an, an extension, um, extension standpoint, but they've, they've balanced their books pretty well. I mean, they're, um, I mean, they're a team that could potentially have cap space next year, but that's, you know, after a series of moves, including, you know, no bridges and Plumley, Ubre guys like that. So I thought that with once Rozier got extended, they could have taken a little bit more of an aggressive approach with him um, because they weren't going to be a likely cap space team. But um, but he goes into, um, you know, he goes into, re, you know, restricted free agency, probably one of the better forwards um, that are going to be out there. Yeah. Um, again, is anybody paying him 20 million a year? Maybe I thought if, I thought if Mikhail Bridges, you, I think you mentioned this in your Instagram video the other day, if Mikhail Bridges had hit restricted free agency, teams would have come after him. Teams could have gotten to a number. And I think he would have had, assuming he had another good year this year, multiple offers. I think he would have had more suiters than Deandre. And that's not a knock against Deandre. Ayton. I and his price say, would have been lower. Yeah, and his but, price would have been lower. And you know, um, you know, wings are a premium. You know, Mikael Bridges wasn't going to cost you 172 million dollars, but if it was 100 million dollars, I just thought there was more of a probably would have been more of a market for him compared to uh, compared to Aiden. Yeah, uh, a couple other guys. I mean, I don't know. If there's much worth talking about. I mean, um. Uh, Anthony Simons in Portland, they called off talks a few days ago. Um, they were never really close there. Um, 
Dante DiVincenzo sees what Grayson Allen gets and is like, uh, I think I want a little bit more than that. So um, he's got to get healthy. I mean, that's the big thing, right? right. He's got to get back out there because he was he was heading towards probably that Kevin Herter number. I would have thought, right? It's a good, it's a good comp. Yep. He's uh, he's a better defender, but not as good of a scorer, I don't think. But he has a lot going for him. They really like him there. Yeah. So, you know, there's some other, you know, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, Lonnie Walker is interesting just because, you know, there's a track record in San Antonio, right? This would have been the third year in a row for extensions. They had um, Deontay Murray and Derek White. And then last year, um, I heard maybe Walker and at 12 to 13 million dollars. It's funny, Brian, everyone's using that Luke Kennard comp from last <laughs> year. You know, yeah. Kennard got, I think, four for 56 with a team option. Everybody's like, I want that contract. <laughs> you know, I'm a rotational yeah. guy. I want that contract. Right. And, um, that was a little bit of an overpay, I would say, by the Clippers. There, that was but... <laughs> one of those. Uh, I don't think we could trade them. <laughs> yes. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the, 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 the groups, um, I mean, I think if you're in New York and you're looking at Kevin Knox still there and what you could have had, <laughs> I mean, as far as some of these yeah. the guys that um, that you passed up there, but, you know, Kevin Knox and Mo Bamba, who he's actually had a good preseason. Um, yeah. And so that's your, you know, I mean, the other guy too is um, Marvin Bagley. You know, Marvin Bagley is going to be interesting in, um, in Sacramento this year as far as... Well, they as, have till November 1st to pick up his option. Yeah. It's a big number. Oh, they already did. Oh, they did pick yeah, it up. Oh, yeah, because he's going into his fourth year, I believe. I think it is. Oh, yeah. that's right. This yeah, is his yeah, final year. Yeah. Brain um, fart. I'm yeah. sorry. No, Brain okay. fart. No, it's okay. That's um, okay. But, um, but yeah, he's going to be interesting just because there's glimpses there as far as when healthy. Um, but, I mean, there's a – talk about a logjam of bigs there. Goodness gracious. I mean, Well, Bagley, you know, there's been sort of – softly uh veiled trade requests i think it was his father or something a year ago and said you know he wants to be traded and it hasn't happened but um yeah i mean you know it's <laughs> we had 11 guys paid in this class for over 1.1 billion and picks one and two weren't weren't one of them you know so and as you mentioned you know kevin knox i mean i know things are going well for the knicks but you think about this, Kevin Knox went nine, Mikhail Bridges, 10, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, 11, uh, Miles Bridges, 12, Michael Porter, 14. Of course, Porter went 14 because of his back issues and then missed the first year. So it was a reason why he went back, back down there. But, um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is, you know, so we, you know, certainly when you include Doncic and young, this is a potentially big time class. So, uh, Bobby, thank you for, uh, dropping some knowledge on us. Um, it was a uh, busy day. Now I'm off to have phone calls as you do with all the postmortems on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, done, um, so. I'm not going to be staying up till midnight waiting on James Harden. That's for sure. No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But, uh, you always get for people in our job. We always get the postmortems one and a half to three days of postmortems after the draft, the trade deadline, free agency extension deadline. Yep. Um, we'll hear it. So, um, Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. We will talk to you later this week.
Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.